Disclaimer. Explain It Me is a podcast hosted by two adults who drink in the safety of their own home. If you're joining in on the fun while listening, please drink responsibly, don't drink and drive, and know your limits. Stay safe and have fun. As you listen to episodes, you may hear us make mistakes like names of films, actors and actresses, as well as other unrelated facts. Please remember that we are both intoxicated while making the show and are aware of these mishaps. Please do not yell at the podcast while listening. We cannot hear you. I'm two and a half wines in. I feel red. Can we get back to the movie, please? Kiss confusion. Oh, we don't know that yet. Explain it me. Explain. Explain it me. Explain it me. <laughs> Left her tulips on the foyer. Surprises let me know she's gay. <laughs> Say it ain't so. I will come home to knock your lights out. <laughs> let me find out you wasn't using no protection. Let me find out you went and got a stripper pregnant. Let me find out. Let, let, let me find out. Let, let, let me find Let me find Let me find out. Girl, you know I love you and I'm there for you. I got some new shoes and a bag of hair for you. <laughs> Speaking of hair, I just saw <laughs> someone uh, called the cops on somebody's car because it looked like someone's hair was coming out of the trunk. It was the girl's wig. Someone's fighting for a parking spot. Sounds like outside. In New York City, when you fight for a parking spot, you fight for your life. Every day. I hate parking. When you try your best and you don't succeed. When you get what you want, but not what you need. Anyways, hi, Donna. got you home. I hate Coldplay. Hi, Stephanie. I will fix you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how that goes. Please, Chris Martin, fix me. Do it. I'd like to see you try. (laughs) Anyone. (laughs) How are you today? I'm okay. Numb. (laughs) I just right. It's uh, like an indifference. Yeah, like like, it's hard to explain. I really, I know that because I've never been on medication before. Like my body is just like. What's going on? What what's what's happening here? We were all fucked before. Now it's like just flatlining. Yep. Just like, flatlining. I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, shit's still bad, but just like yeah, my like, my, okay, my 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 brain is like it is oh, what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you are gonna die anyways if it's tomorrow or in eighty years. Yeah. That's right. I'm living to 110, bitches. <laughs> it could happen. I don't want it to happen. <laughs> Listen, as long as I can not have to have someone else wipe my ass, I'll Who accept cares? it. I mean, I would like to hold some form of dignity. I watched Tar a couple of days ago, and it's a movie that came out last year about a woman who she's a, a very like highly acclaimed music composer, and she is currently composing the Philharmonic in Berlin. Oh, it's... um. 
Kate Blanchett. Yes. But then she's accused of really horrible things and it kind of like starts to destroy her career. It's definitely a psychological thriller. It is not a drama or it has elements of drama, but it was marketed completely wrong, I think, because I watched it and I was like, this is fucked. Like, it's very dark and it was it was really good. There is a scene where an elderly woman like falls on the floor while she's trying to get onto her commode and she's just like dirty and the main character has to help pick her up and she is like a germaphobe so she immediately rips her clothes off throws them in the garbage and starts washing her body in her kitchen sink jesus speaking of kitchen sinks don't, don't fucking them uh, <laughs> don't piss in them either i don't think i've ever no maybe i did but this is i mean we've mentioned the fridge story right i never told it in full okay well here's my shame story <laughs> I was sleeping over a friend's house one time. How old were you? Oh, this is 10 years ago. So you were a full-grown adult. Got yes. it. <laughs> Got it. And I really had to pee. And this wasn't my house, right? No. Okay. Um, Thank God I've always had a toilet. Knock on wood. Well, I mean, I would not be embarrassed to knock on the door and just be like, hey, can I come in to pee? But I was. And I was to the point where I felt like I was going to uh, die. I had to piss so bad. It's so I'm painful. Like, What's my next best option? Go to the kitchen, grab something, piss in it. Get a water bottle. Yeah, that works for guys, not for girls. That's not true. Mm, I have tried a- and failed. So let me teach you a trick. You stick your hand over your pee hole yes. and you do a little tinkle y- yes. and you feel where okay, the pee comes right. from. That That's if you can control your piss. I was dying <laughs> at this point. so. Oh, you're right. If you would have shot a little out, no, it, it would have fallen out. Everywhere. It would have sprayed. So I'm about to just like, you know, what's the word? Burst. No, like sit down and start pissing in this cup or jar or whatever the fuck I found. And literally, as I'm about to start, one of their roommates walks into the kitchen, and I'm just like, oh, fuck me. (laughs) And they're like, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm sorry. I have to piss so bad. And they're like, it's okay. Just go knock on the door. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) So I ended up not pissing in that jar. We all have embarrassing piss stories, guys. Why don't you share yours? You want me to tell it now? So we went to Boston, me and Stephanie, to go visit a good friend of ours at the time. And my downstairs neighbor, who's dead, rest in peace, he was a bartender. And accidentally, whatever company was trying to, like, sponsor him for PR or whatever, they sent... DJ. Shut up. No, he was a bartender. They sent us a bottle of Watka Vodka. I don't even know that company, but... You know, what whatever. It, it, I was just like, cool, I have free alcohol to bring with me. Because I was under the age of 21 at the time. I was like 18, I think. I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought this this whole bottle of vodka with me and Stephanie. Our friend went to go record music with his band in another part of town. So he left us at his apartment oh. for the day. Another best friend of ours came to visit her boyfriend, who we also went to high school with at the time. So it was like a mini high school reunion in boston so let's get fucked we up. got fucked up i drank almost the entire bottle of vodka like i shared it i shared it with stephanie and our other friend but i know i drank a lot of it and then i had two beers too on top of she that wanted more yeah i did want more because we had pbrs because we were because when you're 18 you'll drink anything that's handed to you so after the day kind of dies down we knew that later that night we were going to go to a party when our friend came back but I w- we went back to his apartment before he showed back up. So we were like, let's take a nap. Because that's what happens when you get fucking drunk. Well, I thought 
that Stephanie was going to take a nap with me, but apparently she only slept for like five, ten minutes. I knocked out. And when our friend came back from the recording studio, he was like, all right, let's wait to see if she wakes up. I didn't wake up. He was like, all right, let's go to the party. I'll leave a note on my door. She'll bound, she's bound to see it because she'll Over wake the- up. Over the doorknob, mind <laughs> yeah. you. So she could not miss it. <laughs> no, I couldn't. So they left she me. She did. Well, so they Spoiler. left. So they left me. Now, a part two to this story, which is what happened to Stephanie and our friend, is in the it, meanwhile. It, in the meanwhile, is crazy, and I, we can tell that another time. I'm just going to finish what happened to me. They get back from their insane night we of were gone, not. I think for like two hours or something like that. They come back from their insane night with all of their like fucking adventure that happened. Meanwhile, I was still in the apartment. They look up at the apartment building when they get to the corner of his place, and they're like, why is the light on? I think they were, like, on the second floor or something The like second that. or third. Yeah. They get up to the apartment. Our friend goes into the bedroom where I am laying face down on the floor, no pants on, on a beanbag. <laughs> no, you were on the bed. Oh, I was on the bed? Yeah, you were on the corner of the bed. Okay. But I stopped in the hallway because I saw clothing strewn all, all over the place. place my bra was on a cupboard hanging yeah. above the sink the, stephanie Pants. stephanie goes into the kitchen the door is of the refrigerator is open that's where the light was coming from in the humidor where you put fruits and vegetables the drawer was pulled out on the floor blocking the door so it couldn't close <laughs> there was just piss in it i all the cabinets were open because <laughs> what we what we assume happened is <laughs> I went into the kitchen blackout drunk thinking it was the bathroom and I assume that I tried to get up on the sink to piss in it and couldn't and couldn't so <laughs> somehow in my drunken you're, state yeah how how did you brain your like I was container like, <laughs> in the fridge <laughs> I want to know. Did I stick my whole ass in it? Did I hover over it? Not yeah, an you, ounce like, of it was on the floor. Did you like sit on it? Yeah. Did you squat over it? Like, <laughs> did I have pee pee on my butt? Like, did it like. You obviously didn't wipe. <laughs> no, of course not. That's what I'm saying. Like. Um, yeah, and his roommate was in the apartment too. So the fact that he didn't walk out. Well, like, he had his own shit going on. Right, so he yes, just went right well, to his room. He was like, fuck all our, this noise. Yeah. yeah. Experience um, when we were gone. But Stephanie called our friend over. He comes in, she and he's like, "What is that?" And she's like, "That's piss." And they and were like, "Oh my said, god!" I we need to take a photo because she's not going to believe us. And I was correct. <laughs> well, after I vomited eleven times that night, yeah, the last six being straight bile, I woke up the next morning feeling the worst I've ever felt in my life at that point, my eighteen years of living. And they showed me the photo, and I'm like, what is that? And they're like, that's piss. I'm like, who did that? They're like, you. And then I started crying because I was like, oh, I don't want to end up an alcoholic. And, you know, that was, that was my worst drunk story. My second worst drunk story, I ended up passed out in a rap video. That's for another day. Good times. Yeah. All right. Our life is so boring compared to then. Speaking of letting your pussy out to do whatever you want, uh, Stephanie, you know what movie we're doing today? Wait, hold on. What? <laughs> All right. Fuck. Welcome to Explain It Me, a movie podcast where two people, two schwammen, talk about a film that's very confusing in plot to the person who's never seen the film. And the caveat is that we, we have are to be drunk. Well, I'm not there yet because you mix this like a child's drink. Dude, the- this is like grapefruit juice. I gave myself more of the grapefruit than you, so I just give you a little splash. You want to know what movie we're doing today? 
What movie are we doing, Donna? Well, Stephanie, um, we're doing 1992's oh, Basic God. Instinct. Is that the oldest movie we've done so far? No, I did 1970's The Brood. Oh, that was, seven, yeah. 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 Um, cool, this movie's older than us. God. <laughs> by a year. Chills. So fucking old. <laughs> Yo, Michael Douglas was 47 when he did this movie. Okay. He's fucking old in this movie. And I didn't even, like, I know he, he looks, he looked okay, I guess. But, I mean, they, there was comments about his age in this movie and, like, how unrealistic Wait, it did is. did you say the title of the movie? You I just said, said Basic, you... 1990s, oh, okay, Basic so. Instinct. You weren't paying attention. Okay. When I was, okay, I, I fucked up and I watched this in three parts. <laughs> Yesterday. Over the last two days. <laughs> okay. Because I started it at, like, 11 at night on Wednesday, and then I didn't feel well. I was really tired, so I was like, okay, halfway through, cool. Then I started watching more of it in the morning before we edited, and then I went out for the day, and then I had to finish it last night with, like, 40 <laughs> minutes left. So it's kind of, it's a little fucking fuzzy to me. Okay. I was thinking that it wasn't confusing when I was watching it, but now that I'm thinking back to it, I'm like... No. The way that they they put it in your face, it's like they're trying to make you think like, oh, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. But also, if you've seen enough fucking noir films, you know that there's always red herrings and plot twists and turns. Throw an erotic thriller into that, you know. Mm-hmm. You got yourself one fucking Oop. sexy movie. And I feel like with all the films we've been doing with the no titties and the no kissing and the no fucking, this makes up for it. Because I'm going to guess that you don't know who made this film. No. And you don't know who wrote this film. No. This I'm movie to find out. is written by Joe Esterhas. Esterhas? I can't pronounce his Esteras. last name. Do you know what he wrote? No. He wrote Showgirls. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Oh, so- And this movie was directed by Paul Verhoeven. Who did? You know what he directed? That's right. He directed Showgirls. So this is the duo responsible that is responsible for the cult classic and it, my childhood <laughs> showgirls and it was only during the fucking scenes that I was like yep this is showgirls because the sex scenes it's we like got a fucking wild way, yeah. like bucking like a goddamn <laughs> bull yeah I am the little fucking blow up man in front of the fucking used car lot <laughs> <laughs> fucking <laughs> The in- incre- incredible inflatable fun thing or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, some shit. Inflatable man, I don't know. <laughs> you see that right there? In front of Joe's buy one, get one car lot? <laughs> That's me when I fuck. <laughs> so the writer of this movie, the only other thing he wrote was Showgirls. Oh, Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven has directed Robocop, Hollow Man, L, Starship Troopers, Total Recall, The Hitchhiker, and uh, Showgirls. Is Total? I think Total Recall might be on my list. I think it is, and Sharon Stone is in it, and that's why he chose her to to do the role of this film because he had previously worked with her on Total Recall. This is this is the movie that made Sharon Stone famous. This movie, yes, she had okay. been working for years before this, but in a lot of B movies and small roles, and then she got the main role for this film, and it like blew her up, like she got stardom from it. Okay, what do you know about this film? I don't think anything. You don't know about the famous scene that everybody. This movie was rated the most, like, pause and don't blink or you'll miss it scene where she opens her legs and you see her vagina. It's the interrogation scene. Oh, where... this is this movie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> this yes, is this I... movie. Okay. 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 So the cast, 
There's a lot of people. Well, there's a good amount of people in this movie, but the only people you need to know is Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone. They play the two lead characters. Got it. Are you ready for a question? Hit me. Okay. You're being called into a police precinct for an interrogation as a suspect in your lover's murder. What outfit do you wear? The sluttiest thing (laughs) I can find in my closet. I am wearing latex, hot pink, bra, and skirt. And those plastic boots that your feet fog up in. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, that's what I was... <laughs> Slutty to me is also hideous. I don't know. What's... What do you... Come on, describe an outfit for me. I mean, like, seriously? Are you trying to be... Yeah, I was... I thought you were going to be like, what I'm wearing now? Like a hoodie and leggings and a baseball cap. I mean, probably. Like, I'm not there for a job interview, so... <laughs> You're going to dress down. Yeah, just be a normal person. Just be a normal person. Okay. What would I wear? I mean, I would wash my hair. <laughs> I don't want the police to think I'm dirty. <laughs> or a dirt bag. bitch. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're so calm, cool, and collected because you're going to get away with this murder that you didn't shower today, you disgusting monkey. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking trash bag of a person. Movie opens to two people. Got it. Fucking. Cool. It is a woman and a man. Goddamn. Fucking 90s. And we're watching them have sex as the camera pans up to the ceiling where there's a mirror on the ceiling. Oh, so they're in a fuck hotel. No, they're in one of their houses. (laughs) If that is part of your decor, (laughs) you tell your interior designer, yo, bitch. I don't know why. Wouldn't you be scared of like, I mean, I guess you need some good fucking super glue to make sure the mirror never falls on you. But, like, imagine sleeping in the middle of the night and the mirror just fucking falls on you. Well, there's that scene in Bride of Chucky where, like, but, you know, that's more unrealistic because I don't think sentient dolls, I don't think dolls have sentient, sentience? Whatever. I don't think they can come to life and, like, kill you. But Tiffany, like, she throws the bottle of champagne up at the ceiling and it shatters and it, like, falls and kills the couple. Oh. Oh, fun. (laughs) I haven't seen that. Okay. So, first of all, I want to say something. The first position this couple is in, they're Unrealistic. laying... It's, I know it could happen. Okay. But I'm just like, who fucks like that? They're laying, facing each other, and fucking like that. No, that that takes too much effort. Just like... Yeah, I've seen back to... Like, back, back to back, to like front. spooning yeah, fucking. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's more comfortable. But front to front? No. Yeah, so... Plus, like, you wouldn't be eye level at that point. Like, the girl would be way higher than the dude, unless he's a fucking giant and she's tiny. We don't see the face of this woman. We only see the dude. We only see the guy. Okay. Her hair is covered her face. Opposite of what is found on Pornhub. <laughs> is it hot? I'd say at first. It, just it, like... go- it goes into full craziness. I'm going to okay. explain. Nothing she... will ever compare to the fountain. <laughs> there was no sex in that, though. Well, they almost fuck in, in the bathtub. It was so... just hot. God, I can <laughs> <laughs> The woman is now on top of the man, and she's tying his hands up to his bed frame with a white satin scarf. Kinky. I like it. She's riding him, and he is screaming. And it's just like, it, like he's like moaning, and then it turns into screaming. And she's like, you know, Nomi Malone, fish fucking him. And it's getting crazier, and they're like making more sounds. And then all of a sudden, she takes an ice pick, and she stabs him in the throat. And then she pulls it out, and she stabs him through the nose. And then, <laughs> Free piercing, bitch! And then she starts stabbing him in the chest repeatedly. You see all this while she continues to fuck him. How long do you think the dick stays hard 
after like pain. I don't like that. But like, I don't know I, I because like, pain can be inflicted during sex and keep uh, an erection. So right, but like that's that's beyond pleasurable pain. So I feel like I really doubt only has, that the like, director or writer twenty seconds tops of this of film a did fuck. research for that. So I couldn't answer that question. Leave us comments on Twitter. How long <laughs> you think what are the your dicks? Thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> We'll do a poll. <laughs> Next scene, a car pulls up to the scene of this crime, and it's Michael Douglas and whoever his partner is. The man is still tied to the bed. I didn't see this, but you see his dick, apparently. And they come in, and they're, like, asking other police officers, like, all right, tell us what we got here. So apparently the maid found the body that morning. His name is Johnny Boz, and he is a retired rock and roll musician. The night before, he left his own club with his girlfriend around midnight, and that was the last time anybody saw him okay the so cop? the girlfriend is the sus the first suspect because she was the last person presumably with, to see with him, him. Yeah. yeah the cops that one of the cops is like this cum stains all over the sheets so they take like a fucking uv light and they're like hmm impressive because it's like all over the place god damn he had big loads somebody was like champion he got off before he got off and then some the captain comes the in and he's like will you stop making jokes cops <laughs> joke like <Yeah. laughs> The captain comes in and he's like, stop making jokes. This isn't funny. Apparently, this guy was a contributor to the mayor's office. So he had political ties. So it's like important that, you know, they figure out what happened. Uh Of course. And then they find a mirror with cocaine next to the bed. So they were like, oh, it was a real party. Yeah. (laughs) So they're like, the girlfriend's name is Catherine Trammell. Not Nomi Malone. No. (laughs) And Michael Douglas's name in this movie is Nick. I thought it was Current. It's Curran. Nick and his partner, whose name is Gus, they decide to head over to Catherine's house because they're going to question her. This Expected. movie, this movie takes place in San Francisco. Just letting you know if you wanted some location, you know where if San Francisco you are is. Going to San Francisco. I'm gonna guess no. Be sure to wear some flowers in your hair. California. <laughs> oh, fuck. It was a joke. Gay capital of the world, baby. <laughs> Catherine is also rich. So Johnny's rich. He's the one that had the mirror over his bed. Yeah. She's also rich. And I'll just let you know now, it's because she's a very successful writer. Okay, I thought you were going to say model. No. Writer. Like... Yes. Like a fiction writer. Okay. She writes uh, romance thrillers novels? and okay. no mysteries. Oh, so, oh is it going to be one of those movies like where she they think that uh, she's trying to put a story together for a book? No, you didn't. (laughs) So they walk into this mansion, and there's a woman standing in the hallway, and they talk to her, and um, they're like, hey, when was the last time you saw Johnny? And she's like, is he dead? (laughs) This girl says to them, you're looking for Catherine. That's not me. So they're like, who are you? She's like, my name is Roxy, and I'm just a friend. So she's like, Catherine's- Just a friend, just an ordinary friend. (laughs) She tells them Catherine's probably at her beach house, because she also has a beach house. But Roxy says to them, you're wasting your time, though. She didn't kill him. And they're like, okay, thanks. <laughs> we believe you. So they drive to um, the, oh, God, my brain isn't the working today. Yeah, but, like, the, the road is, like, next to a cliff. Like, it's one of those, like, two lane okay. on the, the spiral on a cliff All or right, whatever. Tokyo Drift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they find her, and she's, she's on the patio of her beach house. She's smoking a cigarette. They come up to her. They're like, yo, bitch. Do you know why we're here? And I guess she says, like, yeah, because I don't know what the fuck I wrote. (laughs) And they're like, she says to them, how did he die? Meaning Johnny. And they tell her he was murdered with an ice pick. And then they asked her, how long were you dating him? And Catherine says, I wasn't dating him. 
I was fucking him. Gus says, what are you, a pro? And Catherine yes, says, I'm a successful writer, but on the side. <laughs> I moonlight as a prostitute. <laughs> Catherine says, no, I'm an amateur. Yes. I'm an amateur at, at fuck buddies? Like what? <laughs> so yes, she was with him last night. She was there at the club with him. They left together, but she did not go home with him. That's what Catherine says. Nick says, are you sorry that he's dead? And Catherine's like, yeah, I liked fucking him. You had a good dick. <laughs> she then says, arrest me if you want. Otherwise, get the fuck out of here. Please. Fair. Please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Por favor, fuck off. <laughs> so the next scene, we see Nick, and he's going to a psychologist's office. And apparently, he is being forced to go see a shrink by internal affairs because of something that happened to him while he was on the job. We don't know what it is yet. We'll find out soon enough. Of course we will. His shrink is named Beth. She's okay. this brunette, short-haired woman with a tan or brown pantsuit and what does uh, this tell us kids everyone has problems <laughs> he also was or is or i don't know sleeping with beth oh that that's a, that's that's a problem well i mean i guess he was sleeping with her before he was forced to go see internal affairs and she There's happens no, to be internal affairs at this no she happens to be the shrink that internal affairs made him go to and they don't want hr knowing that they're well i mean i fucking? i think that if they assigned him Beth and they both knew that they had a sexual relationship, they weren't going to say, I don't know, they didn't say it, whatever. That's just important to right, know they that they secrets. have a past. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to be there. He's obviously being forced. Beth says, how's your personal life? And Nick says, my sex life is fine, but actually it's pretty shitty since I stopped seeing you. He has stopped drinking okay. for the past three months and he stopped doing cocaine. Woo! <laughs> And he's Sobriety. he's even stopped smoking cigarettes. He says, I'm an average, healthy, boring, totally fucked up cop. He asked her, like, can we just skip this bullshit? Can I just go? And she was like, yeah, okay, fine. Like, you can leave. Oh, yeah. Say I did my hour and yeah. let me get the fuck out of here. But she tells him that she still misses him. Bitch. He goes back to his office and he starts talking about the murder with the rest of his colleagues. Mm -hmm. There were no prints on the weapon and Johnny Boz was stabbed 32 times. Apparently, you could buy ice picks at Kmart. Now, I'm going to tell y'all something. <laughs> For the longest time, I thought ice picks were weapons. I did not realize until I saw this movie that they were invented to break up ice for your drinks. Are you fucking kidding me? Every it's in the time name, Donna. I just thought of an ice pick, I thought of somebody who had it in like their shoe or something. Yeah, because it's convenient because it's not that big. It's sharp. It has a little yeah, handle. Yeah, I thought it was a weapon. Dude, it's literally called an ice pick. But I was like, but I didn't think that it was a bar tool. <laughs> so when they were like, you could buy it at Kmart, like, I was pet, like, pet you on the head. <laughs> Like, it's okay, when they, my child. When they said they bought it at Kmart, I was like, why the fuck would they sell a fucking weapon at Kmart? Why did they go to the fucking gun store <laughs> to get their fucking ice pick for their ice? I mean, murder. Shut up. I'm being honest and transparent here. This is my murder weapon. Because <laughs> I even wrote, apparently you could buy an ice pick at Kmart, and then it took me a while. Like, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> where... Okay, I'm assuming you never had the thought come to your head, but, like, where did you think you bought ice picks? At the mafia store? Yeah. <laughs> Around, like, along with my fucking garage? Your friend who <laughs> was also in the mob could get you them from some artillery store. I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck is it called? Uh... From, like, the Navy Supply Store or some shit like that? The like, point is, Army this, supply this show teaches you things sometimes. 
that I would have never picked up on. Uh, you can buy your murder weapons at Kmart. Is Kmart even a thing anymore? I don't I know. But bankrupt. the point is, I know what a Kmart was. And I was oh, like, oh. why would you hey, be kids, able... do you know what Sears is? Why would you be... <laughs> Why would you be able to buy a murder weapon at the same place you could buy your toilet seat? Like, I did not put two they and two together. Of, you could also buy a fucking prom dress, so you know what? <laughs> but that toilet Jewelry seat... Jewelry for your mom on Mother's Day? Toilet seat, prom dress, sometimes you drop your baby in the toilet on prom night. I can see the connection there. I did not realize an Dude, ice pick... you could pick, get vibrator massage machines uh, there, too. I did not think that an ice pick's invention initially was as a bar tool to break up ice. You know there were no such thing as ice cubes once upon yeah. a time. Yeah, of course. So there's just giant blocks of ice. I don't have an ice pick, and I've gotten bags of ice before, and I just use a knife to break it up. I'm saying just a gigantic block of ice. Yes, I know. Yeah, not like... Stuck no, I know, like together. a giant. Yeah, I, I understand that. So they would saw it, and then I use thought an ice an pick, ice to pick break it up. was a murder weapon. You know what? We all learn something new every day. I kids. just said that. <laughs> Can we get off the topic now? Jesus. <laughs> they found cocaine on the deceased on the face <laughs> and penis. Oh. <laughs> and what? yeah, and Catherine is, is a it suspect. Like around the tip. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. on the base because she was snorting it off of it because you can do that. I don't know if you know that. I know that. <laughs> Donna knows you can snort cocaine off a dick, but she doesn't know that an ice pick is actually what it has, what it is in the name. <laughs> Listen, Viagra was initially a medicine for high blood pressure in women, and they just found that it gave men erections, okay? Ice picks could have been invented to pick ice, but maybe just turned into a murder weapon. Do you know kitchen knives can also be used as a weapon? Anything could be used as a weapon, okay? You could open up your fucking hood of your car and pick the carburetor out and be like, yeah, that's a good weapon. So obviously we know Catherine is a suspect. She is worth apparently $110 million. And interestingly enough, they find out, because they're detectives, that (laughs) (laughs) they they detect things. Her last fiancé died as well under... not really mysterious causes he was a boxer and he was killed in the boxing ring so so he had brain aneurysm sure if we believe that so she was a writer she is a writer she's published a book under a pen name and the book that she wrote was about a retired rock and roll star who gets murdered by his girlfriend so same same kind of situation yes okay so she is definitely she's beyond suspect number one she is the murderer and the weapon in the book used to kill the main character is an ice pick this book already came out before yes yes the book already has been published so the next meet the next scene the detectives are meeting with a lot of shrinks and one of them is steven tobolesky he's a famous character actor they're asking the shrinks for their personal opinion like what do we have here what's going on because obviously it would be is it too on the nose that the fact that her book is exactly what happened in life and she Mm -hmm. was dating the man who was killed the shrink says is it yeah either the writer did it like we assume or someone who wants to harm the writer is the person who murdered her boyfriend got it who is obsessed with her and her writing blah 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 so then the shrink says it but if she did write the book she did it to have it as her alibi this is okay she could say like how stupid would i be right yeah to write my own crime yes either way (laughs) either way the person who did this is diabolical diabolical diabetical (laughs) i'm a diabolic diabetic (laughs) 
diabolical and pathologic. Someone very dangerous and very ill and very sexy. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they knew how to fuck. <laughs> so, Do you think anyone's? Ever, I mean, I already know the answer to my own question, but sprinkling cocaine on a dick and then fucking them. Getting high yes, through your pussy? Yes, you can do that. You've never heard about what happened with Richard Pryor and his wife? No. He had a very bad drug addiction, and before they had sex, he would put cocaine on the tip of his penis. And the way she found out that he was doing this is she went to the OBGYN because she was having problems down there. And they were like, do you use cocaine? Because she was feeling an immense numbing. Okay. And she was like, I don't know why this is happening. And she was like, no. And they're like, does your husband? And she kind of had like a hint, and they're like, we think that he's putting cocaine on his penis before he has sex with you jesus yeah so now we meet the da of i want to say san francisco that's probably wrong i don't know but it's newman from seinfeld the show stephanie hates oh newman is is one of the neighbors he's the fat guy with glasses the detectives say she has no alibi but she also has no motive so how is she our main suspect and they want to call her in for a formal questioning but Nick thinks that she's not going to she's not going to hide whatever it is they're going to ask her about like she's going to be he thinks they don't have enough evidence to have like a a good interrogation with her maybe okay <laughs> he goes to her place and with his gut with partner with his gut so Nick and Gus go back to Catherine's place and she answers the door and they're like we want you to come downstairs well, we want you to come downtown for to some questions yeah and She's like, fine, let me change into something more appropriate. Right. (laughs) Where you can see my pussy. She says, make yourself comfortable. They start looking around her place, and Nick picks up a newspaper, and there's a headline that reads, Cop cleared in tourist shooting. And he opens it up, and at the bottom of the headline, there's a photo of Nick. So. What? This was him. (laughs) Okay. Obviously. He shot two tourists. For funsies? Yeah. He's like, look what I can do. And he's like, yeah. No, we don't know the exact details, but he was involved yet? in the shooting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He is talking to her like through the rooms because she's in her room changing and he sees that she's changing and he goes over to see more mm-hmm. and he like watches her. She takes all her clothes off and like puts on this dress. That's normal. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> It's okay to be a peeping Tom. <laughs> if someone leaves the door open, they want you to see. So now they're all in the car, and she says, does anyone have a smoke? And Nick says, I don't smoke. And she says, yes, you do. And you smoke this pussy? Nick says, I quit. And Catherine's like, congratulations. And then she pulls out a cigarette out of her pussy. pussy. (laughs) She's like, I found a case. And she, like, pulls out her cigarette. In the backseat of the cop car? In her purse or whatever. I don't know. Someone's been stashing well, their cigarettes he, in your cop car. He says, I thought you didn't have one. And she's like, I just found them. You want one? And he's like, I told you I quit. And she's like, that won't last. She was just trying to get a freebie. <laughs> so Gus asks if she's working on a new book. And Catherine says, yes. And he says, it must be. It's the sequel to the it, ice pick murder. <laughs> it must be something making stuff up all the time. And Catherine's like, yeah, it teaches you how to lie. And they're like, what What does that okay, mean? bitch. <laughs> Way to make yourself look more suspicious. They're like, what does that mean? And Catherine's like, you get to make stuff up and it has to be believable enough so other people know that you're, yeah, Yeah. believe that you're lying. It's called suspension of disbelief. And Gus is like, suspension of disbelief. That's a good one. That's a little fucking stuck up, no? Of a title. It's not a title. She says that's what it's called when you make shit up. Oh, to I make that it believable. No, I don't book. even know why this book, movie is called Basic Instinct. It was originally titled Love Hurts. 
So yeah, that don't hit as hard. I guess. <laughs> The new book is about a detective who falls for the wrong woman. And Nick's like, what happens? And Catherine says, she kills him. Foreshadowing much? Sure. So they show up to the precinct and they ask her, where's her attorney? And Nick says, I told the rest of the squad that you wouldn't want an attorney because you wouldn't want to hide anything. And she's like, yeah, okay, that sounds right. (laughs) Yeah, no kids, don't. Even, you know, I, I don't give a fuck if you're innocent or not. Always have a lawyer say i have a t-shirt that says that really yeah it's that shirt that you like that was like always call your attorney and it's the guy running out of like a a building it's a really cool shirt so she tells them yeah i have nothing to hide she sits down she lights another cigarette there is a lot of smoking in this movie and they're like there's no smoking in here miss tremell and i'm hot so (laughs) fuck you she says what are you gonna do charge me with smoking so they don't say anything else. They're just like, oh, she got us she there. Oh, no, 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 no. She's fucking hot. I don't care. Maybe she'll suck my dick after. So Newman from Seinfeld says to her, what was your relationship with the deceased? And Who Catherine, is he? He's the DA. He's the DA. Okay. And Catherine says that she had sex with him for about a year and a half. She said, I liked having sex with him. He wasn't afraid of experimenting. And she says, he gave me a lot of pleasure. And they're like. And STDs. Were you into any rough stuff? And she's like, what do you mean by rough stuff? And she's they're like, S&M, anything like that. Ooh. And she said that she never tied him up. And then they ask her straight out. They're like, did you kill him? She says, I would have to be pretty stupid to kill a man like the way I wrote it in my book. Because then I would be announcing myself as the killer. Okay. So we don't know what's true yet. <laughs> no. Got it. It's for you to decide. Dun, dun, dun. The DA said like... Or somebody, I don't remember who, Jesus Christ. They're like, writing the book would give you an alibi. And she's like, yes, it actually does, doesn't it? I mean, not really, because now you okay, saying that you're just toying with them. They're like, have you, have you ever used any drugs? And she's like, yes, I use cocaine. And then she turns to Nick and she says, have you ever fucked on cocaine, Nick? And everyone's like, why are you only talking to him? Are we supposed to believe they know each other? No, because they don't know each other. Okay. But she has an interest in him. Okay. So then we get the famous scene where she slowly opens her legs mm-hmm. and you see, you know, the the plate of her pussy. And also the, <laughs> the, the, the plate. <laughs> I mean, the front of it, you know? The like, not, not the opening of it, the front of it. So, okay, there's no... There are no... Like, the way... The only reason I know is because I've seen this scene because it is known. Yeah, yeah. She's sitting on a chair, like... And there's no table in front of her, and everyone's just, like, staring at her, and there's, like, ten cops she in there. She slowly uncrosses her legs, and then crosses the other leg over it. And they're all, they shoot to the everybody in the room, and they're, like, sweating bullets. Because it's like, oh, oh vagina. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never said one. But she's toying with them, and, like, yeah. that's the point of it. Mm. And Nick gets pissed off, and he's Whoopsie like, fucking do. "Wouldn't they like be like, ma'am? Today what, we could charge you with indecency, like ex- yeah, exposure." So Nick gets pissed, and he's like, "You like playing games, don't you?" And she's like, "Well, I do have a degree in psychology." So she does have a degree in psychology. I forgot to mention that. Okay. And I guess also a degree in writing because she's a writer. Whatever. She's like, "I do have a degree in psychology. It comes with the turf." So then Nick says to her, "How do you feel about boxing?" And Catherine's like. It was fun until Manny died. That's her fiancé, 
who died previously. Oh, yeah. Okay. What? Okay. She says that she loved Manny, and it really hurt when he died. And then she says, haven't you ever fucked someone while you were married? And the captain asks, how did you know that he was married? And Catherine says, what difference does it make? You can see that uh, sunburn. On the wedding ring yeah. where it used to be? Uh, oh, yeah. You know what's really hot? Uh, sucking on some cauliflower ears. Do you know what that is? Yes, I know. Disgusting. Then Catherine asks Nick, do you want a cigarette? And they ask, how did you meet the deceased? And Catherine's like, I wanted to write a book about a retired rock and roll star. So I went down to his nightclub and I had sex with him. <laughs> the questioning oh, okay. The questioning goes on. And does, Cat- the per- does the character in the book also own a club? Or we don't get that into it. It's not, we don't get that into it, but he is an ex-rock and roll musician with money, so. Okay, all right, fine. So the question goes on, and then Catherine just abruptly says all of a sudden, look, do you want me to take a lie detector test? So they do. They give her a lie detector test. She passes it with flying colors. It's also a stupid choice. And the kids don't agree to it. (laughs) It's not. It can't be used in court, but they can still persuade, blah, 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 (laughs) false positive, negatives, yes, no, suck a dick. So what what do they call Call your lawyer? What do they call it? A proctor, the person who gives the test out. He comes in and he's like, either she's telling the truth or I've never seen anyone like her before. And Nick. Or she has cocaine in her pussy. (laughs) And Nick is like, she's lying. And he knows this because he's seen people pass a lie detector test by purposely being able to, f- to false it you can't use it in court so the question maury the questioning is oh, maury oh because of the that's for paternity tests if you want right, to call uh, steve wilkos yeah wilkos <laughs> so the questioning's over and she's like can someone give me a ride home and nick says okay yeah and so he takes her home he's driving in the car and nick says to her beating the machine can't be easy because she says she's tired and Catherine says she knows that he I took to clinch hard <laughs> Catherine says, well, you took the test, too, after you shot those two people. And Nick says, I passed it. And she's like, well, then we're both innocent. Okay, so we're made... You want me to tell you what happened with those... Well, before you say yes, so are we made to believe that he shot them on purpose? He was high on cocaine. And he shot them. (laughs) And I don't think that they were like... It was a drug bust, but I think he shot the wrong people. Okay, but she somehow knows this? Well, it was in the public paper. The newspaper was sitting on her coffee table when he was picking it up and reading it. So it was public knowledge. That's easily something she could have found out about. But she somehow knows that, like, he fucked up? I mean, no, we're not told that, but we do know that she knows that, you know, he killed two people. So he says to her, how do you know so much about me? And Catherine's like, you know, I don't wear any underwear. So, I mean, (laughs) I fucked that up. So I know things. The note taking for this. My pussy is the lie detector. (laughs) The note taking for this is terrible. I'm so sorry. I'm going to apologize now. He was like, how do you know so much about me? She was like, you know a lot about me. And he's like, what do I know about you? And she's like, you know that I don't wear any underwear. And then she's like, good night. What? Stupid bitch. (laughs) No shit. Everyone in the room saw your fucking pussy. So she runs out. It's raining, by the way, because she takes her heels off and like steps in a big dirty pillar. (laughs) Puddle. Pillar. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) He immediately guns it to a bar where all of his cop colleagues are. Okay. And he orders a drink. And they're like, what the fuck? You've been sober for three months. He's like, listen, I need a drink. Does he actually drink? Or well, does he, he just stares drinking. at it? No, no, no. He gets the drink and he's drinking okay. it. Okay. Because that's another cliche. Someone's about to break their sobriety and they order a drink, but they don't drink it. 
He does. So the de- the other detectives are like, how does she know so much about you? And he says, I don't know. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, Google wasn't a thing yet. But Nick says she knew how to beat the lie detector test, and that's why she offered to take it, because she knew that she was not going to fail it. Apparently, <laughs> she's too hot. <laughs> other <laughs> other than her, pa- uh, her fiancé dying, her parents were also killed or died in a freak accident when she was young. And they're like, too many people have died around her. This is suspicious. They died in a boating accident, her parents. Then a theme. No. <laughs> in our movies. Yeah. Then, <laughs> Boat death. Then Beth comes in as Nick starts ordering another drink. And another cop who's there at the bar, but he's at a different table drinking with people, starts egging on Nick. He is the lieutenant of internal, internal affairs. Egging him on about what? Saying that, like, oh, he's drinking, he's not who he says he's changed to be, and, like, you know, just shitting on Did him about... Did he have about... a bad reputation before? He was fucked up on cocaine when he killed those two tourists, so, so he got every... in trouble for it, so that's why they were like, clean yourself up, make yourself look better, because I'm sure the fucking, the league or whatever, not league, Jesus, the... The force? My, I'm dead in the head, what? like, I can't... <laughs> I'm dead, dead, dead in, in the, the head, 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 head. The force was like, you need to look like an upstanding person again if you want to be able to continue to Your work reputation. because you fucked up so badly. Yeah. So Great. lay off the snow. But they also, I mean, and- okay. <laughs> lay off the snow. Um, I mean, it's the whole thing. I forget. There's a name for it, but like. If you come out as a cop against another cop, they're going to destroy your career. So obviously, like, all cops, it's just a known fucking thing. It's almost like all cops are bastards. They try to cover up anything that a cop does because it makes all of them look bad. Yeah, but well, it's one of those situations that it got out of hand because it was tourists. So this lieutenant, his last name is Nielsen. They almost get into, like, a physical altercation at the bar. And then Beth comes in and she's like stop it like stop fighting but then nielsen starts fighting with her and she tells him to fuck off so then they're both pissed off so then beth says do you want to get out of here and nick's like yeah so they go back to her place and they start to fuck and do you wanna fuck he starts slamming her into walls and kissing her he like rips her entire top open like buttons scatter all over the place then slamming her back into another wall he has her from behind and he's like groping her then he throws her over a chair and he just starts banging her. And this scene is, is seen it a by sofa people. Chair? Yeah, a sofa chair. <laughs> I was gonna say a regular chair. No, that would, do that it. would suck. This scene is regarded as maybe not consensual, but I mean, it's Paul Verhoeven. Like, if you've seen Showgirls, you know the difference between a crazy it, consensual a sex scene. Vibe or it's just because he's being forceful so with aggressive. her. Yeah. Was she drinking? Because it sounds no, like she yeah, wasn't drinking. She just went in. Yeah, and she they just left. went in and they left. Yeah. So after they're done rough fucking, they're laying on the floor. After we RF'd. (laughs) They're laying on the floor. She starts to ask him questions about Catherine. And Beth's like, I met her at Berkeley. We both went to college together. And she admits that they had some of the same classes. They had some of the same classes. music school, bitch. (laughs) And Nick is like, why didn't you mention this before? And she's like, I don't know. Like, she's just blowing him off. And she was like, you were too rough with me. And she's like, you... Oh, so this is where the controversy... Oh, God. She was like, why were you so rough? Like, you've never done that before. And I don't think he says anything. Oh, this is like Pretty Girls? That book we read? Yeah. Sure. And then Beth says... In the alley, the very beginning of the book. (laughs) And then Beth says, you weren't making love to me. You weren't making love at all. 
He, Sometimes you just gotta fuck. <laughs> Nick says he needs a cigarette, and that's like, there's some in the, the, the dresser on your way out and just get the fuck out, basically. They're at her place? Yeah, they were at her place. The next day, Nick finds out from the other detectives that they called Berkeley, and apparently, when Catherine was a student at the school, there was a murder of a professor there. Dun, dun, dun. More people dying around her. He was killed in his bed with multiple stab wounds with an ice pick. So now they decide. So now Nick is like, look into her parents' death. And the captain's like, I want you to go to the school. Wait, you said they were in a car accident? No, a boat accident. Oh, boat accident. And I fucked up. So they decide to look into her parents' death further because they're like, what happened there? And somebody needs to... A swordfish jumped onto the boat and stabbed them 32 times. Triton. (laughs) (laughs) The little mermaid tried to fuck the boat and Triton. (laughs) No, it was the orcas. They they slammed the boat and they capsized it and they killed them. They tore them to death. And then they found Atlantis. They were organizing. That's what everyone's been saying because of the news about you haven't heard. No. Orcas at a higher steady rate have been attacking boats off the coast of Spain. Does Spain have a coast? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, that was great. That was just so like deadpan. <laughs> not to get too into it. I but don't, I'm going to get a little into it. I don't think the, that the killer... W- I mean, you're going to say, who am I in my opinions? Well, I've read a lot about orcas. Who are any of us with our opinions? <laughs> there was one matriarchal orca who was probably going through hormone changes from menopause who was seen it's throwing okay. herself on a boat. And so the others started, started doing it too. Because I'll even mention there's an article that you can find where one orca in a pod put a dead salmon on her head like a hat and the rest of the pod did the same thing. thing, It was like a fashion statement. (laughs) They do what they see, you know, and they follow their pod. But because they've been attacking boats at such a high rate and then 30 of them were seen off the coast of California migrating together and like meeting up, people were like, they're organizing. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, looking into the parents' murder, the rest of them have to go to Berkeley to find out more about this professor's murder. And then the captain's like, Start following Catherine. I mean, but this would have happened, like, at least, what, 10, 15 years ago, the murder of the yeah, professor? Yeah, yeah. But they'll still have information no, on I it. No, I know, but it, it's been a while, is yeah. what I'm saying. Let's look up other ice pick murders. Oh. Nick starts, uh, because there would be a lot, okay? The Kmart sales, I'm oh, sure the Miami, receipts they would hello. get. <laughs> ice pick killer, anyone? Dexter? <laughs> so Nick starts stalking her. Now, I'm going to talk about this scene and explain what happens Because that's what I'm doing. What? (laughs) She's driving on a two-lane highway on the side of a cliff. Got it. What did Stephanie say last episode? People who speed have mental illnesses. (laughs) She is driving like a certified fucking maniac. She is weaving through cars and... One way. And then at some point she's like, oh, I can't see. I'm covering my eyes. Oh, did I make the turn? Yes, I did. One way is going one way. The other lane is for the other way. Okay, so he yeah, has no, to follow her. Got it. So he but is then, so also. So she knows that he's following no, her. No, she doesn't know. I, or we don't know that she knows. But Come on. If you're driving like a fucking lunatic and someone's following you, you're either you're racing tell or me, they're following you're her. You're going to tell me that someone who's driving like this, like a psycho, even gives a shit to look in the rearview mirror to see if there's something behind her? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it. it, it 
you know what? Even if you're not instinctually, if you drive enough, you're going to look, you're going to check your rear view. Nick almost drives head on into a truck and somehow skirts out of the way and just ends up on the side of this cliff. At, I can't at, explain at to you terrain. Point. I don't know. Maybe. But it's grassy and he doesn't fall off the cliff, obviously. So. Got it. <laughs> Otherwise the movie would end. So at some point he loses her, but then he gets to like a, a residential area and I mean, he there's sees only so so many ways that she can go and <laughs> she didn't go past you. So he sees her car parked on a street in front of a house. He gets out of his car and he goes over to the mailbox in front of this house and he sees that there's mail addressed to a woman named Hazel Dobkins. Hours later, is this her pen name? No. No. So you said she wrote a book. Under a pen name, but yeah. no, we don't know. What... She gives him a book so- at some point as a present, but I didn't see the name on the book. Okay. And it's not really important, but I'll tell you who Hazel Dobkins is in a second. Okay. Hours later, Catherine's coming out of this house. It's an older woman who's like leaving out with her. Catherine kisses her goodbye on the cheek and she leaves. So Nick starts following her again. So again, she's driving like a fucking psycho. Okay. It's high speed, dot weaving out of cloud. He ends up almost causing an accident, so he loses her again. So then he decides to just drive to her house because he assumes that that's where she was going anyway. He watches. I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> he watches her from outside her house, but he goes into her property, so he's like in inside her like gate and her windows are huge and he sees her like undress in the middle of the living room and then just shuts the lights out and goes to bed that's what i do every time i go come into my house i just immediately undress (laughs) so now he's back at the office and he starts looking up hazel dobkins and she is a former inmate at san quentin for a homicide she committed in 1959 his partner gus is there and he comes over and they start talking And Gus sits down and he's like, I did some digging and I found out that the professor that was murdered was a psychology professor at Berkeley. He was also Catherine's counselor, but she wasn't questioned at the time of his murder. And then Gus says he recognized... Wouldn't you think they would question all of his students? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. shoddy police work. Then Gus recognizes the name Hazel Dobkins because it's on Nick's screen. And he's like, I remember that case like it was yesterday. She killed her husband and her three kids. We got a family annihilator. (laughs) Next day, Nick goes back to Catherine's beach house. He sees that she has a stack of newspapers, and they're all about Nick and what happened to him during this shootout with the Taurus. Is she trying to throw the case by, like, getting this info on him? She comes over and she's like, I'm using your story for my next book. Right, because, oh, God, okay. And then she offers him a drink, and he says yes. She starts... She takes out a big thing of ice. She starts breaking it with an ice pick. And he's like... And this is when Donna finds out. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) He's like, do you have something against ice cubes? And she's like... They're expensive. (laughs) I like rough edges. They're they're expensive. Then Catherine asks him, what's it like to kill someone? And Nick's like, you tell me. (laughs) He says that it was an accident in the line of fire. It was an oopsie poopsie. (laughs) And Catherine's like, four shootings in five years, all accidents? Four. Well, he killed other people before. So Nick's like, tell me about your professor. And Catherine says, he was my counselor. And she's, he's probably where I got the inspiration from for one of my books. And then he's like, "Who's? what about Hazel Dopkins and all the murders she committed? And Catherine's like, oh, she's my friend. Catherine says that Hazel helped her learn about homicidal impulse for her book that she was writing. And that they just stayed in touch after that. So Cat- she was using her as a source? Sure, but then they stayed, you know, bosom buddies. Besties. Bosom buddies. Oh, they fuck? No. Oh. <laughs> 
No, her and Roxy fuck. Roxy is... From the beginning, they go to her house, and they're, like, talking to this woman, and she's like, you're looking for Catherine? Yes. I thought that was at her house, and she was just there. It was at Catherine's house, but Roxy was there, and then Roxy was like, she's probably at her beach house. Got it. And then Catherine's like, but you know all about homicidal impulse from practice, don't you, shooter? To the cop. To Nick. And then Catherine says, did you like it, or was it too much? Did you want to have more of it? Ladies! Because <laughs> it's your dance. Show us you can coochie dance. Remember that? Yes. Catherine's like, what about the cocaine use? Did you like that too? The what? The cocaine use. Oh, I thought you said kill cane. I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying. Cane? Hold on. It's no sir shit. I don't know <laughs> what I did. She's asking him questions and like going up to him and she's talking to him like this, like her face like in his face like they're about to kiss but she's like egging him on and asking all these like really intrusive Kiss questions. Me, bitch. Kiss me. <laughs> Catherine says how much coke did you use when you killed those two tourists? <laughs> she starts teasing him. Off a dick. <laughs> she starts teasing him. She's right in his face and then she's like internal affairs new and so did your wife didn't Who she? Who is she? How does she know this shit? We'll find that out later. Okay. He grabs her arm because she's like caressing him and he like holds it behind her and she's telling him Oh, I think you liked it when you killed those two Taurus. And then she's like, kill me. You probably liked it. And that's why your wife killed herself. And then he pushes her what? her off of him. He's like, I was about to fuck you until you mentioned my dead wife. Well, Roxy comes out and they start making out Roxy. in front of him. Uh, oh, we just no, talked no, no, about Roxy oh, yeah. And- yeah. She, yeah. Oh, Catherine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's like, fuck this. And he just leaves. He immediately. Dude, stay for the show, man. <laughs> He immediately runs to Beth's office. He shuts the door in her secretary's face and he starts asking and yelling like, who has access to my files? And Beth is like, no one. They're confidential. And he's like, this is bullshit. You're lying to me. So they know shit that no one knows. Basically. Yes, Catherine knows shit that no one knows. Got it. So Beth tells him, okay, Nielsen has access to your files. Nielsen? The cop that was trying to fight him in the bar. Okay. The, the lieutenant of internal on, affairs, yeah. yes. And Nick is like, he sold my file to Catherine. He's putting two and two together. How does he have access to it? He's the head of internal affairs. So he can, he has And Beth is to the everything. one that has the files. Well, I don't think so, but. Or he broke into her office? We we'll never... get to it. We'll oh, find we, out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they start fighting. Nick leaves. So now Catherine knows everything about him. And Nick is like, she's coming after me. And he's telling this to Gus because they're talking afterwards. I just want to make a good book, man. So now it's later in the night. Nick is in his apartment. He's fucking drunk. He's watching the Jeffersons. And I thought you were <laughs> going to say Jeopardy. No. <laughs> Beth knocks on the door of his apartment and he's like, go away. And then she opens it because she has a key. And he's like, fuck me. How'd you get in here? And she's like, I still have the key. And she like is holding it. And there's a Bart Simpson keychain on the end of it. And he's like, leave it and get out. And she Father. doesn't. <laughs> She doesn't, and then he screams at her, like, get out. Like, leave and get out. Kiss me. So now they're arguing, and Beth's like, you owe me. Don't shut me out. And Nick's like, we don't owe each other anything. And the sex wasn't even memorable enough to carry an obligation. Ooh, shots fucking fired. Beth says she hates him, and he says, why don't you go get yourself- This pussy is good! Then Nick says to her, why don't you go get yourself a little therapist then, one you can talk about too, with about all the fucking problems that we have. She already does. So then she hits she him. She should. So then she hits him and he throws her on the floor. She gets up and she's like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Beth's like, I had to give your file to Nielsen, otherwise he was going 
to fire you. He didn't believe me when I said that you were reformed, and he wanted to see the case files of our sessions. So, Beth leaves. Nick is asleep. Confused. What? Confused? <laughs> Nick's asleep on his couch when he gets a phone call. Now Hellraiser is in the, on in the background. There's been an, a murder. A murder. He gets to the scene of the crime, and he walks up to the car where the body is, and it's Nielsen. He was shot in the head with a single... Bullet. Bullet, yeah, whatever. One shot. One shot. One shot, kid! One shot! You ever seen that episode of Jersey Shore? No. Where Ronnie gets in a fight with somebody, and he, like, hits this one guy, and he's just on the floor of the boardwalk. And Ronnie's yelling, like, one shot! Because he hit him once and knocked him out, and then he gets arrested and goes to jail. That's what you should yell. Damn! Okay. Sammy! Nick's there. He's, like, looking at the crime scene. His captain comes over, and he immediately asks Nick, give me your gun. And he smells it to make sure that Nick didn't didn't fire fire it recently. And Nick is like, how could you think? And the captain just walks away. So now Nick's being (laughs) questioned. How could you do me like that? Now Nick is being questioned after the crime, and he's like... This is all because of the fight in the bar? Well, they think that there was motive for him to be pissed enough to be like, oh, he could have possibly killed him. And they have to question him on that basis alone. But... They're like, there's no evidence that Nick knew Nielsen sold his file to someone else. I don't know who says that. I don't know if Nick says that or they say it, that. The doc, the, the doc, yeah. whatever. Beth comes into this sit down and the psychiatrist asks where Nick was the night that Nielsen was killed. And he was like, I was at home drinking. And then Beth finally admits, she's like, I went over to Nick's place that night at around 10 o'clock. She's like, and when I was there, we spoke about you know, his file. He was calm and lucid, and I saw that there was nothing wrong. So, Did the murder happen while she was there? Is that where we're We don't to... know that, but that's the same night that Nielsen died, so they wanted to question, like, give us your timeline. And yeah, she's alibi. saying, like, he wasn't erratic. He wasn't super fucked up. Like, he seemed fine and normal. There's no reason to believe that he was the one who went down there and killed Nielsen. Okay. He starts to light a cigarette, and the psychiatrist and the other cops are like, there's no smoking in here. And he's like, what are you going to do? Charge me with smoking? Oh, callback. And then... Um, he doesn't have a hot pussy, though. Well, so. was, no, he does, because Nick flashes pussy. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Captain asks, just for the record, did you kill Marty Nielsen? And whatever answers he's giving, because I don't remember... <laughs> they're the similar to Catherine's answers and the cops pick up on that and they tell him like all right you know what fuck you you're going on leave <laughs> like they're tired of his shit oh god paid probably they end the meeting beth leaves nick starts chasing her down he thanks her for her help and she's like it's no problem don't worry about it they kiss goodbye and she's like smiling as she gets in his car while he walks away and then her smile just drops and i'm like what the fuck so what she's faking being sincere but before that I fucked up. (laughs) Beth asks him, how do you know that Catherine saw your file? And Nick tells her, because she knew things that I only told you in session. Beth's like, I didn't really know her in school much, but she always gave me the creeps. And I don't know why. Because they did have some classes together. Beth tells him, just get some rest, kisses him goodbye, they leave. Nick goes back to his office to pack his shit up. And he asks one of the other detectives, did you find anything about her parents' death? This is what they found out. The boat that her parents were on blew up mysteriously. Nick, self-combustion. <laughs> each of her parents had a $5 million policy. Life insurance. Yes, on them. And she obviously got it. So, But isn't she worth like $100 million? $110 million, but that's from also her writing. Oh, so the 10 is <laughs> from her parents. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what the fuck? Nick that's tells funny. the captain that Catherine killed her parents and Nielsen. And the captain's like, all right. 
you know what? You need to go home. Get some rest. Get off you the fucking case. Crazy. Yeah, you sound yeah. crazy. Now he's driving home, and guess who's waiting at his door? It's Catherine. Beth. <laughs> no, it's Catherine. It's Bath. I said it's not oh. Beth. Oh, no. Beth. <laughs> it's Bath. <laughs> Catherine's like, I heard what happened to Nielsen. And he's like, how? And she's like, I have rich friends and friends that are lawyers. And you get a lot when you're friends with rich people and lawyers. So yeah, on my, in my free time, I listen to uh, the police radio. <laughs> he invites her upstairs because they both don't have jobs. And <laughs> they start drinking. <laughs> they both don't yeah. have jobs. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out a block of ice and an ice pick. And he tells her, Kmart. I almost said Walmart. $1.86. Steal. Again. Thank you for this movie for telling me that ice picks were invented Everybody as a bar tool. Everybody in San Francisco <laughs> has an ice pick. He's like fucking up the ice cutting. So he's she's like, let me do it. it. Yeah. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. <laughs> she's like, let me do it. And she's doing it more exact. <laughs> what the fuck? You fucking ice pick noob. <laughs> so she- Nick asks Catherine, how much did Nielsen pay you for my file? And she's like, isn't that the cop you shot? So Jesus Christ. She keeps Shade. she keeps calling him shooter and he's like don't call me that and she's like okay Nikki and he's like my wife used to call me that Uh-oh, and Catherine's flashbacks. like I know she's like my friends call me Catherine and Nick's like what did Manny the boxer call you and Slut. she says bitch mostly but he meant it affectionately Catherine's like do you have any coke and Nick's like only Pepsi and she's like that's not what I meant oh, dear God that is so lame. <laughs> Then he says to her, what do you want from me? And Catherine's like, I have a gift for you. And she goes over to her stuff and she pulls out a book. It's apparently like her first book. And she says, it's about a boy who kills his parents. They have a plane and he makes it look like an accident. So then Nick asks, why does he, does he, he do it? Brother? Does she have a secret brother that we don't no. know about? Nick's like, why does he do it? And Catherine's like, to see if he can get away with it. For funsies. And then he says, when did you write it? And she's like, you mean, did I write it before my parents died? And she says no. Then she leaves. So she wrote it after. Yeah, she wrote it after. Because he's alluding to the fact that, like, did she write it with, and it was the plan to kill her parents. Every book Planes and boats are different. Yeah, but, you know, same shit, different story. Yeah, but planes don't have boat fuel. (laughs) Planes have plane fuel, right? Or do boats run on car fuel? Gas? (laughs) Yeah? But if it doesn't have a gas, if it doesn't have an engine, then it's just a regular, like, boat that you have, like, the wind or a rowboat. Or a sailboat. Sailboat. See, I knew that. Wind boat. Yeah. <laughs> Steamboat. Legend of Zelda boat. <laughs> this next part, this is when I stopped watching it, so I don't know what happens. The first time. But, <laughs> yes. Gus comes over, and as he's coming into the apartment, Catherine's leaving, and Catherine's like, hi, Gus, and just, like, walks out. And he's like, what the fuck? Why is she here? And they have small talk. I don't know about what. Um, I don't care. <laughs> something about everyone she plays with ends up dying. Now, everyone she plays everyone with? she plays with ends up dying. Yeah. So before Gus came over, she was leaving and he. No. Yeah. Um, what? what? <laughs> she tells him that she's going to Johnny's club later that night. And he's like, I'll meet you there. And she's like, I'll be there after midnight. So now they have plans to meet the up dead later. Dead rock stars. Yeah. Club. Yeah. Who's running it? Still open. <laughs> they weekend at Bernie's his ass. <laughs> Next scene, we're at the nightclub. It looks like the same nightclub from Showgirls when Nomi's dancing. Nice. After the bad night. Nice. And they're like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm dancing. He's like, that's not dancing. And she's like, what What am I doing then? And he's like, teasing my dick. (laughs) That's a good song. Teasing my dick. 
<laughs> so many times. Yeah. He's my, so, he's my, he's my dick. Um, people had so much shit to say about the fact that it's so ridiculous that Michael Douglas, who is playing a 43 year old, but he's really 47, and Sharon Stone are in this club. Like they're too old for this club. They should not be. This is this get. is Leonardo DiCaprio stuck in that, in Miami, that Miami nightclub smoking. <laughs> like you shouldn't be there, sir. <laughs> you don't belong. Some say he's still in, in that club. So Nick finds Roxy and she's dancing in the middle of the dance floor. And he goes over to her and he starts following her because she walks right into the men's room. I don't want to sing like that. He follows her into the men's bathroom where nobody's shitting or pissing. They're just doing coke and having sex. And Catherine is in a stall doing coke with this guy. Off the fucking toilet seat? Basically. No, she's sitting on the toilet seat like a chair. Roxy straddles her, and they both see that Nick sees me is watching this. And yeah. they start making out? Yep. But Catherine shuts the door with her foot before like she kisses Roxy. Back on the dance floor, Catherine and Roxy are making out and, you know, rubbing asses together. At, not together. Like, you know, <laughs> the ass to crotch. Like, you know, grinding. But butt. Yeah. That would be weird, <laughs> butt to butt. Then she goes up to Nick, and she starts rubbing her ass on Nick's crotch, and they kind of start dancing and kissing. All in the bathroom. And Roxy is watching this. No, they're on the dance floor, okay. and she's like, whatever. She's like pissed because Catherine left her to go fuck with Nick. Back at her place, they start fucking Nick and Catherine. Got it. We see her on top of him. And he looks up, and there is also a mirror on her ceiling. Of course. Because rich people needed to see themselves fucking. Yep. And it is crazy fish fucking, which is not surprising for this movie, based on what we've seen before. You know what I've always wanted? To fuck a fish. (laughs) She scratches his back and, like, opens his back up. Like, he starts bleeding, because she just ripped the shit out of him. Fun. She got razor blades. He looks like he's horny and scared at the same time. And that's the best kind of sex. And because he, he's afraid Will that I she's going <laughs> to, he's afraid she's going to kill him. So yeah. living on the edge. She pulls out a white scarf from under her pillows Uh-oh. and she starts to tie him up to her bed frame. And then she starts riding him into the grave. And it's just like every like throwback to thrust the beginning is like, oh. Uh, like, they're getting harder and harder. Yeah, throw back to the beginning. But then she, like, flails her arms up and then just collapses on him as they both, I guess, climax. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just imagining the most... Yeah. <laughs> just fucking collapse. So he sits up because I guess someone unties him, the ghost of her dead boyfriend, I don't know. And he <laughs> starts holding... on he, the night table. He starts holding her and nice she just day. looks, like, angry for whatever reason. He gets up while she's sleeping to drink some water in the bathroom. He drinks from the faucet he get he stands back up and in the mirror behind him is roxy and she says to him if you don't leave her alone i'll kill you and nick says to roxy this is a love triangle <laughs> did you watch us probably because you like watching us right and roxy says she likes me to watch he goes back into bed so roxanne's the murderer <laughs> there's a lot of plot pieces here you know, to make it confusing. Okay. They wake up the next morning and there's a note on the bed and it says at the beach. So he goes down to the beach and he sees Catherine and Roxy talking. So Nick goes closer to them. Roxy is pissed. She walks away. And Catherine... You don't fuck me like that. And Catherine is talking to Nick now. And Nick's like, is she upset because she saw us last night? And Catherine's like, she's seen me fuck guys before. And he's like, I told her it was the fuck of the century. 
And Catherine's like, do you really think it was so special? <laughs> Your dick ain't that good, bitch. And she's like, it was. it's a pretty good beginning. It Fuck of the yeah. century, I would never describe it like that. So Nick's like, is Roxy more fun? Did she ever join you and Johnny? And Catherine's <laughs> is like. Is scissoring more satisfying to you? Catherine's like, no, she never joined us. It was never, it was never something that we did. And she asked Nick, were you afraid last night? And he's like, that's what made it so good. Because he has a gun? No, because he was afraid she might kill him. Because maybe she's still a killer. (laughs) Okay. Catherine tells him he's in over his head. And he's like, maybe, but that's going to help me catch my killer. And then Catherine's like, you're just going to fall in love with me. And he says, I'm in love with you already. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Because hasn't it been like two days? I was like, are you that pussy? Whatever. So yeah. He's like, but I'll nail you anyway. And then he walks away. Nail and the, you? Nail. Nail you. Oh, I thought he said nail <laughs> you. I'll, I'll send you a fucking letter, bitch. So the next scene, we're at a country bar. I don't know how else to explain that. Like a... It's a, like a honky-tonk bar. I don't know. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like a... What the fuck is it called? A country club. Don't tell my heart. No. <laughs> my achy, breaky heart. heart. West Virginia. <laughs> Mountain mama. <laughs> He's meeting Gus, and he tells Gus, I spent the night with Catherine. So Gus is pissed. They leave the bar. They go to a diner across the street. And he's like, how could you be so stupid to fuck her? And he's like, do you want to die? And Nick says, I'm not afraid of her. And Gus is like, why? I'm not afraid of this. (laughs) And he's like, I don't know why. And Gus like, that's the pussy talking. So Gus says that they found a safety deposit box in Nielsen's office with $50,000 in it. And it was taken out three months ago from his bank. Nick says, that doesn't make any sense because Catherine didn't know me three months ago. Wait, what? All right, he asked so, her for money? No. He paid. No, yes, 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 yes. This is what they suppose happened. That Nielsen got paid by Catherine for Nick's file. So the money that he got That's paid. That's a good payday. 50 <laughs> grand? Goddamn. So Gus leaves and Nick is walking to his car and we see that he's being followed by Catherine, or so we think. It's Catherine's car. Okay, so it's Roxanne. The car hits him. <laughs> it just speeds the fuck up and hits him. And then it tries to back up to run him over, but he, like, you know, barrel rolls away. Okay. So then he jumps into his car, and he's now following Catherine's car. And at some point, there's a, a, a garbage truck, and, like, she skirts out of the way, but he decides to drive up the fucking sidewalk to chase her. And you know it's San Francisco because these fucking hills are steep as hell. So they're driving through a construction area and Catherine's car flips, gets into an accident. (laughs) (laughs) This is our little fucking crossover into Tokyo. (laughs) Yeah, she's, you just hear, dun, 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 even though it's like 15 years, 20 years before, yeah. (laughs) The car crashes, Nick gets out of his car, he goes over to the other car And there's a body on the floor. He turns it over, and it's Roxy. So now it's another crime scene. The cops and the fire department are there. He made up some bullshit story, and the captain's like, this is bullshit. I don't believe you. I don't remember what he said. That, that... I don't fucking remember, but I was just taking to her, uh, taking her to this new uh, development area, and uh, (laughs) she don't know how to fucking drive because she's a woman. I think he said that. (laughs) Right, guys. (laughs) I think he's like. Oh, I saw her driving erratically, and I followed her, and then she got into this crash, and it just so happened to be the person who was involved in this murder, uh-huh. whatever. But yeah. he's on he's on leave, so he shouldn't be doing anything. But 
The captain's like, I'll see you tomorrow in my in my precinct because you have to have another psychiatric evaluation. So I hope not with Beth. Duh. He's now having another meeting with the shrinks. And they're like, do you have trouble controlling your temper? And he's like, only with Nielsen. And then they ask if he thought, did Nielsen deserve to die? And he's like, I didn't know him well enough, but I'm not going to miss him. So then they ask about his childhood. And he's like, I don't remember how often I used to jerk off, but it was a lot. And I didn't hate my dad. And I haven't pissed the bed in a long time. And why don't you two go fuck yourselves? Beth is in the room listening to all this, but she's just not involving herself. I'm sensing childhood trauma. So he leaves. Beth chases after him, and she says, I don't know what she says, but... (laughs) (laughs) She says something. Beth chases after him, and they start talking, and she asks him, you're sleeping with Catherine, aren't you? And Nick gets defensive, and he's like, you know, we don't even know if she committed these murders. Like, why the fuck are you being this way? And Beth is like, she's manipulative. And he's like, you're manipulative. You're a shrink. You know how to do that. You do that all the time. And so now they're arguing because he's defending his pussy. So then he drives to Catherine's place and she's not home. So he just lets himself in. And we see Catherine sitting in a rocking chair next to her window of her beach house. And she's upset because Roxy's dead. That was her girlfriend. Catherine's like, I shouldn't have let her watch us having sex. (laughs) She asks Nick. Hey, girlfriend. Um, are you down to come over? I'm planning to fuck. You can watch. Yeah, totally. I love doing that. (laughs) She asks Nick, did Roxy try to kill you? And she then starts crying. And she says, do you think that I told her to kill you? And then she's like crying more. And she says, everyone I care about dies. Then she turns to Nick and she's like, make love to me. We don't see this sex scene. When I'm so warmer because her love is dead you get attached to that murder pussy murder pussy murder pussy oh. <laughs> murder pussy <laughs> yeah uh fucking zuckerberg <laughs> meta pussy so after the rough sex whatever nick's like do you think that roxy killed johnny and Catherine's like no she loved me and she wasn't jealous Catherine says once in college I slept with a girl from one of my classes and it turned really bad because she ended up stalking me. She became obsessed with me. She wore my clothes. She cut her hair and dyed it the same style as mine. It was a horrible experience and we only had sex once. And she's like, her name was Lisa Oberman. So the next day... That's another movie. (laughs) The next day, Nick goes back to the precinct and they show him pictures of two dead little boys. Apparently, these were Roxy's brothers, and she killed them. What? It happened when she was 16 years old, and that's why they never found out about this, because when they did a background check on Roxy, it, it didn't sealed. come up because it was sealed because it happened when she was a minor. He's talking to Gus afterwards, and he doesn't think that Catherine is the killer anymore. And Gus is like, her magna cum laude pussy fried your brain. <laughs> that's a great, that's me. <laughs> that's a great, you know, comeback. That, no, that's good. Yeah. Her magna cum laude pussy. I mean, she does look like a sorority bitch, so. But hold, what? So now, what? So now we're made to believe she killed her brothers. Roxy did. Oh, Roxy. Okay. All right. What? Mm -hmm. Okay. What we're getting here is that she surrounded herself by people who have died seriously and people who have killed people because she's friends with Hazel Dobkins, who murdered her family. Roxy is also friends with her? Roxy was her girlfriend. I thought Catherine's Catherine girlfriend. was the one that went to go see 
the killer, the family annihilator. Catherine is friends with Hazel Dopkins, the yeah. family annihilator, because she used her to write a book about her. But then her. Roxy also knew her? No. Roxy and Catherine were dating. Okay. And Roxy killed her brothers when she was 16 years old. So they're saying that Catherine surrounded herself with these people? It's just suspicious that she surrounded herself with all these people who have murdered people before. Okay. I mean, uh, great book sources well i mean when she met hazel she purposely met hazel because she knew right, she killed she her family would, yeah i don't know about roxy but still suspicious I mean, how, yeah, right how would she know if yeah. the record was sealed unless she they went to the same like fucking insane asylum or some shit like that when they were kids because she killed her parents maybe not nick starts to look up this lisa chick who apparently stalked Catherine at college yeah, okay. And he's at he's at Berkeley and they're like there's no record of Elisa Oberman. So this he drives fish. to Catherine's house and she is walking out of the house with Hazel and Catherine knew did know about Roxy's past. She said I did know that she killed her brothers. But Nick is like and you didn't say anything and she's like no, what what was the purpose of saying anything that happened when she was really young? And then he's like I went to go che- check on I, I went, went to, to go, go cheek. <laughs> I went to go cheek. I went to go see if there was any information on Lisa Oberman, and he's like, and you know what the school told me? She doesn't exist. So she's like, what are you doing? Following me? Trying to figure out what my past? And she gets in so her car. suspect. <laughs> she gets in her car, and she's like, I said Hoberman, not Oberman. Now he goes to the police precinct, and his detective friend is sitting with him, and he looks up this new person, Lisa Hoberman, and she was a hoe. <laughs> what, what comes up is a woman named Elizabeth Garner. It's Beth. What? Beth's maiden what, what, what? Beth's maiden name was Elisa Hoberman, but she changed it. So they find like the licensed but pictures also and everything. Lisa, wouldn't it be Elizabeth? I, I don't know if Lisa's short for Elizabeth, but whatever. She changed her name for whatever reason. So he goes to Beth's apartment and he's in her apartment waiting for her. She comes home and he's like, Tell me about Catherine Beth. Some you said you knew her, didn't you? This is some crazy fucking And boy. she's like, okay, we slept together once in school. We were kids and, and it I was just... be her. No, she's like, we were kids and we were just experimenting. She's like, but she became obsessed with me and she started dressing like me and she cut her hair and dyed it to look like me. It was so really they're crazy. E- they're both, they're say- both telling the same story. So now we don't know who was really crazy? Yes. And Nick is like, well, funny, that's what she said about you. And he's like, why didn't you say anything? And Beth is like, because I didn't want to become involved in this case. If I would have told you all that I had a relationship with her in the past, I would have been seen as a suspect. And I wasn't going to put myself in the middle of all that. That just makes you more suspicious, bitch. Beth is like, how did she tell you about this? She's like, did she bring it up casually with no real, like, importance to the story? She's like, she probably did that on purpose. Like, I know what she's doing. I'm just going to drop this fucking right nugget of truth. (laughs) Beth says that she changed her name. When she got married, and that's why her license is a different name. She married some doctor in um, some other part of California. I was going to say Switzerland. And and she's like, but most importantly, I'm not a killer. You think that I killed Nielsen? Why would I kill Johnny Boz? I have no connection to these people. Like, what the fuck? That we don't, I mean, we might not know about it yet. So Nick leaves and he goes back to his apartment and Catherine is there. And he turns the tables on her and he's like, I went and spoke to Beth, and she told me everything that you said about her. So, which one of you are fucking telling me the truth? And Catherine's like, she's the crazy one. Why would you believe her? She's like, I even had to go to campus police about her. Apparently, Nielsen had a report. Okay, wait a second. (laughs) Whatever. They leave. They're not talking anymore. 
Now Nick is with Gus and they're arguing about like what really happened. And apparently Nielsen had a report on Beth. No. Okay. Not a. Okay. Okay. No, that is true. Apparently (laughs) Nielsen had a report on Beth. And if Beth killed Johnny Boz to frame Catherine, she wouldn't want anyone to know that they met at Berkeley and had a sexual relationship. But because Nielsen found this information out, Beth had to kill him. This is what Nick is saying. He's like, this is how I know Beth is the killer. Why would she have to kill him? Because she didn't... If Beth killed Johnny to frame Catherine, she couldn't let anybody know that they had a past together. But if Nielsen had a report on Beth and found out that they went to Berkeley together and had a sexual relationship, he would would put two and two together and that would blow up her fucking alibi. So Gus is like, you're pussy whipped and you're being stupid and just leaves. So now Catherine's at his apartment again and I don't know how she got in there, but she starts molesting his ass and they start to have sex again. She pegs him. (laughs) He says that he needs to do research for a book, Nick, about a detective who falls for the wrong woman, but in the end he doesn't die. And Catherine's like, that's not my story. He does die. So Catherine's like, so what happens in the end? And Nick is like, they fuck like minx, have some rugrats, and live happily ever after. And Catherine's like, it won't sell because somebody has to die in the end. So Nick goes to the clinic where Beth's ex-husband works. (laughs) Where Beth's ex-husband works. And apparently her ex-husband was shot and killed five years earlier. So he's not there to talk to. Um, So then he goes to the local cops and he starts asking the local cops about the case of her ex-husband's death. And the cop is like, yeah, I remember that case. And Nick is like, was his wife ever a suspect in the case? The cop says, you know, another cop a couple months ago came down here asking about the same thing that you're asking about. It was Nielsen. And he's like, who was the cop? And the cop is like, I don't know. And Nick is like, was it Nielsen? Was that his name? And the cop's like, yeah, that sounds about right. And the the local cop is like, the wife was never a suspect. He's like, there was some talk, but nothing ever came of it. And Nick's like, what kind of talk? And the cop is like, girlfriend. And Nick is like, the husband had a girlfriend? And the cop's like, no, she had a girlfriend. Dun, dun, dun. She was a fucking lesbian. <laughs> so Nick goes to Catherine's crazy house. crazy fucking pussy-locking pussy. That's not right. That's not Jesus's <laughs> world. So Nick goes to Catherine's house. And her book's manuscript is, like, printing out, and he sees the covers, and it says, like, Shooter, because that's the name of it, based on him. And there's a line on the manuscript that's, like, police officer goes upstairs and is, like, stabbed to death and then sees the body. Another cop comes up and sees the body of his partner on the floor. He's, like, reading it. And then Catherine comes out, and she's like, I finished my book, so that means goodbye. And he gets angry, and he's like, what the fuck kind of joke is this? And she's pissed, and she's like... It was just a fuck of the century. Don't forget that. Don't quote me. And bitch. Hazel's there for some reason. So then he leaves. Whatever. Gus picks Nick There's up. There's too much shit happening. I know. In this movie. I'm so fucking it's dead. Too fucking much. <laughs> Gus picks Nick up, and he tells Nick, "I found Catherine's old college roommate. I have her address. I'm gonna go speak to her right now. Do you want to come with me?" So he's like, "Sure." But he's like sad. He's sad boy 2000 because his girlfriend left him. So also. Gus is like, Johnny Boz, I said box, was seeing a shrink who shared office space with Beth. That information is just thrown in there for whatever reason. Nick tries to go upstairs with Gus, and Gus is like, you can't come with me, Haas. You're on leave, remember? So Gus goes alone. He goes into this apartment building. He enters an elevator. We see that Nick is sitting in the car, and he's thinking, and then something clicks in his head, and he gets out of the car, and he starts running into the building. The same lines that happened in her manuscript about a cop being killed 
he knows is going to happen to Gus. So he runs after him. Dun, 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 and as dun, Gus dun. gets off of the floor that he's meeting Catherine's roommate with, somebody runs up in a rain slicker and starts stabbing him to death with an ice pick. Wait, Catherine's roommate? In college. Wasn't that Beth? No. They were never roommates. They were, they were not roommates. They, were they just roommates. had psychology classes together and they fucked once. And then one of them was stalking the other, but we don't know who. So we don't know who the roommate is? No. It's just a person It was just a person out. that they found, yeah, when they were investigating. And Gus was going to meet to talk to her. So he gets stabbed to death with an ice pick. Cheapest weapon he, you can get on the market, kids. Nick finds his body and then turns the corner because he hears someone coming and he pulls his gun out and... It's Beth. So he's like yelling at her to put her hands up. And she's like, what are you doing? She's like, Gus called me and told me to come here to me to talk to him about something involving the case. And he's like, put your hands up. And he's like screaming at her and holding the gun. And she puts her hand in her pocket and grabs something and he shoots her. She was reaching for her keys with the Bart Simpson keychain. That's what she was grabbing. So he walks. She's a stupid (laughs) bitch. She's laying on the floor and she's dying. And the last thing she says to Nick is, I love you. Now, I don't care. I'm sorry. Like, this, there's too much shit happening yeah. for me to, like, care about what happens to these characters. So the cops come to this double murder, and Nick is sitting on the floor, and the captain's asking all these questions, like, why was Beth here? What the hell happened? And he's also, not- Also, you didn't give in your fucking police gun? <laughs> don't you hand in your badge and your gun when you go on leave? He's not answering anything. Then some other sergeant calls the captain over, and in the staircase next to the elevator- on the stairs, they find a raincoat, an ice pick, and a blonde wig on the floor, including a jacket that says SFPD. So they're like, it was one of our own. I mean, it can't be what's-his-face from Seinfeld, because... He's the DA. No. I mean, he... they he, They're alluding... He, they're alluding to the fact that it's Beth. They go back to Beth's apartment, and they find a gun hidden behind her bookcase. And they're like, let's take it in, and we'll see if it's a match to the bullet wound in Nielsen's head. They also find... Catherine's it's a little convenient also okay. <laughs> they also find a bunch of news clippings that have photos and headlines about Catherine and they find Catherine's books in her in her like night chest or whatever so they know now that Beth is the killer and they even say Catherine's old college roommate died years ago of cancer and she was no longer living in the building so somebody lied and lured Gus to the apartment building and Beth was there so it's just like I don't this I this all seems a little too convenient now. So then they say the gun was a match for the bullet wound found in Nielsen's head. They found no message from Gus on Beth's message what the fuck are they called? Answering machine. Answering machine, right. I forgot. They found no message from Gus on Beth's answering machine cuz she said to Nick like I came here because Gus told me to meet him here. So Nick goes back to his apartment. Did she say specifically that he Gus, left a yes, message yes, for her? Yes, yes, yes. So Nick goes back to his apartment and Catherine's there. And she's like, I heard about what happened. She's like, from the TV. Because before it was like, I have people who the tell TV me these things. She's like, the TV speaks to me. I can't do this, Nick. I don't want to care about you. Everybody that I care about, I lose them. And I don't want to lose you. So then they're having sex. Crazy ass sex. And again, yeah, she collapses on top of him. Then they both are like rolled over and they're smoking cigarettes. And she asks him, what do we do now? And he's like, we fuck like minks and have rugrats and live happily ever after. And she's like, I hate rugrats. And she rolls over. And he's (laughs) like, like, I hate SpongeBob and rolls over. He's like, then we fuck like minks and we live happily ever after. And he's watching her. Minks? 
again, this is one of those movies. You don't have to come up with your own sayings. It's fuck like rabbits. <laughs> He's watching her and we think that she's going to pull something out from like under the mattress. But instead she just like jumps on him and they start making out and fucking again. And like you hear the ending credits come on. But then the camera pans down to under the bed and there's an ice pick laying under the bed. The end. It was too much. Well, 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 I know. I fucking feel it, stupid. It, it was way too fucking much. Like, we we already knew from the beginning that she was the fucking killer. Like, it was, there's too I know, much it was so shit. obvious. Like, yeah, like, it's too, it, it was too muddled to not think that it it's her. Like, if she's saying, like, oh, yeah, well, uh, my book is my alibi, bitch. The movie focused too much on the sex scenes for it to even be considered, like, taken seriously in that way. So. It was all staged. Of course, it was, I mean, like. Ready for trivia? Yes. Paul Verhoeven had some disagreements with Michael Douglas over his direction of Sharon Stone. Stone was reportedly very nervous and insecure, and in her first scenes, she was unable to replicate the performance that she had given during her audition. According to Verhoeven, she came very close to being replaced, but since he knew she had what the role required, he coached her intensively to get the required performance out of her. However, this caused Douglas to feel left out, as Verhoeven thought that Douglas, as an established actor, no longer needed such close attention. It eventually led to a very heated argument in a trailer, the stress of which caused Verhoeven to burst a vein in his nose that caused profuse bleeding. When he went outside with bloodstained clothes, the crew members believed that Douglas had physically hit him in the face. <laughs> My what the fuck? Michael Douglas... You're not giving me enough tension, Dad! <laughs> Michael Douglas decided to go full frontal in the film, or to let his character be bisexual. Declined. Sorry. Jesus, I fucked that up. Um, uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> he was like i'll be possibly gay <laughs> he didn't want to do whipped it. out her glasses she's like i'm fucking up too much for real this font is not on 16 oh hold God. on <laughs> let me That's fix that funny. jesus christ <laughs> decline decline declined <laughs> At around 27 minutes, according to a poll for movie subscription service Love Film, Sharon Stone's infamous leg-crossing scene has been named the most paused, blink-and-you'll-miss-it moment in movies. The movie completely ignored... Oh, this is a different trivia fact, but... <laughs> <laughs> the movie completely ignored DNA, which had been used in criminal investigations since the mid-1980s. The film was set in the year of its release, 1992, by which time DNA was constantly being used for crime investigations. Oh, so they didn't use that as a... Th nope. Oh, God, okay. Michael Douglas said in interviews that he wanted to star in the movie because he felt sex scenes were in danger of disappearing from Hollywood films due to the AIDS epidemic. <laughs> Let's bring sex back. Also, didn't write this down. Him and his dad went to the premiere of this film, and his dad was like, who was 75 at the time, he was like, I'm proud of him for doing some really hard scenes in a film. I'm pr That's my son's dick right That's there. <laughs> That's my son's dick. <laughs> Joe S. Tharzhas, whatever, based Catherine Tremell on a go-go dancer he knew in Ohio. One night he picked the stranger up and they went back to his hotel room to have some fun. She reached into her purse and she pulled out a twenty-two revolver and pointed it at me, he told Nerve. She said, give me one reason why I shouldn't pull this trigger. And I said, I didn't do anything to hurt you. You wanted to come here and as far as I know, you enjoyed what we just did. And she said, but this is all guys have ever wanted to do with me and I'm tired of it. We had a lengthy discussion before she put the gun down. What the fuck? 
Sharon Stone later said she had no idea they were going to show her vagina in the infamous scene. When we did it, it was going to be an innuendo, and the director said, we're seeing the white of your underwear, I need you to take them off. And I'm like, I don't want you to see anything, and he's like, no, no, you're not going to, she recalled. When I saw it in the theater with a bunch of other people, I was in shock. When the film ended, I went to the booth, and I slapped Paul Verhoeven in the face, and I said, you could have showed this to me by myself. However, the director strongly denied Stone's claims, saying she was fully aware that her vagina would be shown in the movie before the scene was filmed. She later went on to say that it was the right choice to put it in the film, so she's not as upset about the decision or the, you know, what English? <laughs> what? The deceit Words that off. she felt, yeah, afterwards. So yeah, that's my movie. Sorry if this episode sucked. Um... <laughs> No, it didn't suck. It was just a lot. Like I know. I, I feel dumb. So, uh, I'll see you later. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> Have a good morning, afternoon, night. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed. Bye. Bye. Bye.